Hello and welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle and resident business coach, serving you straight up business advice to help you start, grow and scale the business of your dreams. Hello and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford. And on today's episode, it's just me. It's been a while of me just sharing. I've had a lot of interviews happening and I've had a lot of other things happening behind the scenes. Uh, so I might give a little life update, business update. Um, but I also had this realization of anyone listen to the how to build a successful podcast for your business with Lyndall from uh, podcast VA. I had a realization in that episode that I actually don't have an episode called how to start a side hustle. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong and I'll probably go and check after this. Um, anyway, so today we're going to do a how to start a side hustle podcast episode and I'm going to do a bit of a book reading. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, um, I some of you might have come along too. If you haven't heard about it yet, it's probably already gone by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, but I hosted an event with Squarespace, and it was called Make Your Mark. It is going to be called. It's it'll be on Thursday the third of August, uh, and it's called Make Your Mark: How to Market Yourself Online as a business. And we have three very special guests. We have Flex Mummy, we have Alexis Fernandez, and we have Will Morgan from Fella. So three incredible Squarespace companies, um, customers who have built amazing online businesses. So uh, that will be a recording. If you didn't get to make it in person, we'll release the event as a podcast episode. So stay tuned for that. Okay, How to Start a Side Hustle by Kayleen Langford. I wanted to actually share a bit of the story about how this book came to be because I think there's a lot of people who see somebody achieve an end goal and you may or may not have heard this story, um, but I always like to hear how that goal came to life and was it as easy as it might be perceived online. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to share a little bit of that story and then I'm going to jump into some of the chapters and give you some of the first few steps as to how to get started on a side hustle. Okay, so some of you might know this story already, but for those of you who are new here, I wrote a book in 2021 called How to Start a Side Hustle. And I was very lucky to be working with a publishing house and that house was Hardy Grant books. But the way that this book came about was a little bit different and unique. And it had been something that I had wanted for a while, but I could not have imagined the way that it manifested or came into being in the way that it did. So I moved to Melbourne, I think it must have been 2018, 2019. I think I had been overseas in New York for a little while and I was coming back to Australia to pack up everything and go to New York. I wanted to move over there. And in that time I was launching a magazine and so I was like, well, I've got to come home 
to Australia, launch my magazine, pack up my things, and and then I can go back to New York. So I had a couple of months to burn. I didn't want to settle down and get a house. I kind of subletted between friends' houses and um, was bouncing between Sydney, Melbourne, and visiting my family in Queensland. And um, in that time, <clears throat> I ended up settling in Melbourne and staying there, deciding to stay there as I had was networking and the magazine was creating a little bit of, you know, energy and hype and I was getting really excited about being back in Australia for the first time. And I met a mentor in Melbourne and his name was Gary Williams. Shout out to Gary, legend of a man, also runs an amazing podcast. And he said to me, you know, if you've just landed in Melbourne, you don't know the network or the you know, the kind of lay of the land here, just maybe work with some people and run some events and see what, you know, the taste is and if they like it and, you know, then you can go out and do your own events that I had done in the past. And so I was like, okay, great, good advice. He hooked me up with some meetings. General Assembly was one of them, Fuck Up Nights, which is what he ran, creative mornings. Uh, There was a few other little speaking opportunities here and there. Somebody else introduced me to Melbourne University and I just went about giving free advice for anyone who wanted it and giving these talks and was lucky enough to have these intros. It was definitely a privilege, but I had also built my business for about six or seven years at this point. And so I, they said, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, well, what does your audience need? And eventually we kind of landed on how to start a side hustle. I think the first version of it was how to actually start your business. Uh, and then eventually it became how to start a side hustle. So these talks became really popular, especially at General Assembly. I think we would launch them, one in Sydney, one in Melbourne. I did it for free. It was an hour. They ran the registrations. And pre-pandemic, we were getting like two, three hundred people packed into a room. They would put on beers. You know, they got to grow their mailing list. I would walk away with coaching clients and people knowing about my brand. You know, new opportunities would open up from it as well. And I did this for two years of how to start a side hustle. I think, you know, two, three times a year for General Assembly and per city. So I reckon it was like four times a General Assembly, then all of these other platforms and opportunities of people kind of getting wind of it and and saying, yeah, we want how to start a side hustle. And I remember towards the end of, it must have been 2019, I was so sick of delivering this content. You know, I had my slides and I was like, knew it inside out. And, you know, it, it got to a point where I wasn't excited to to share the content anymore and just get to the talk, not even go over my slides, just be like, yeah, cool, like have a beer, chat to the staff, chat to the people coming, you know, here we go. And I always gave my all and I always had really good feedback, but it was, there was something in me that wasn't being challenged anymore. And I literally was like, I'm going to change my whole business and wanted to like either shut it down or take a really big pivot and go in um, a more of a mindset direction. And I was figuring out how to do that and also at the same time kind of being talked off the ledge of just blowing up my business because I felt so bored in it. Um, and 
Yeah, it was around that time that I went to a friend's birthday party at the end of 2019 and it was her 30th birthday party and we were drinking Aperol spritzes in her backyard with, you know, a bunch of people that I didn't know, kind of bouncing around the tables, you know, jumping in and out of conversations. And I jumped into this conversation with a woman that I didn't know and a, a acquaintance of somebody that I had known through somebody. So I sat down. And they had mentioned, they were talking about books and book deals. And I was, and they were talking, that we had another friend in common. So kind of jumped into that conversation pretty effortlessly, but didn't think much of it and walked away. And then um, the next morning, it ended up being quite a fun night and a late night or early night. And the next morning I woke up and had this email from somebody at Hardy Grant that said, I so lovely to meet you yesterday. Great. You know, I've just been through all of your, your website and everything that you do. I think that you would be a really good fit for a book that I want to get written on this series. Um, would you be interested in having a meeting? And I was like, definitely hungover. <laughs> and it was like, um, is this real? Like what, what? It kind of just snaps you out of your hangover, right? And um, kind of bounced up and I think I called friends and was just gobsmacked and I couldn't really remember the conversation or, you know, what I said. I don't remember <laughs> talking about my business idea, my business startup creative or anything. Anyway, the next day I went in and had this meeting and I printed out every download and resource that I've ever made um, all my magazines, my ebooks, and I went to this meeting having no idea <laughs> how to write a book or anything, and yeah, ended up being walking away with an example of writing a book proposal, and pretty much my contact at Honey Grant was like, um, yeah, he, can you write me a proposal of what you would put in how to start a side hustle, and for those listening who might want to be pitching to a publishing house, it's pretty much a two to three page document that's like, I mean, actually in saying that mine was probably closer to four or five that just outlines the chapters. So it kind of says, yes, this is, you know, I know what the content would be. This is the chapter outlines that all have a bit of a paragraph. Who's the audience, the tone of voice, why I was credible to write it, um, and a little bit of my sample writing as well as like I included like a marketing strategy, so how I would leverage Startup Creative's audience to also help sell the book. Um, so I <clears throat> naturally went home and started working on it straight away and I called my little sister because I didn't feel confident in my writing ability at that point. Still don't really, but definitely was like, I need professional help. So I called my little sister and she helped me kind of get the um, base out and then did some top line editing. And then I actually hired the wonderful Abigail Ullman. If you don't know her, look her up. She's an amazing writer and writing coach. And I had her look over the proposal as well. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if I had her on the proposal, but yeah, I would have. And so definitely got some feedback and sent that off. I think it was about four or 5,000 words. And I got it done in, I think, about two weeks. I thought it would be much easier, but um, it took me a while to kind of map out the chapters. And 
really like get it down. Also, like there was so much self-doubt and imposter syndrome because I was like, I definitely don't know how to write a book. But um, yeah, hired help, which was very vital to the success of the book. Sent that in and then I think by this time it was about Christmas and they take the book ideas to, you know, a um, a acquisitions meeting and I think it had missed one of them and so Christmas was kind of rolling around and I don't think I heard anything or it would have, no, and it might have been either very end of the year or very early January. Um, It's funny because it's been so long and I thought I would never forget these details because they were so significant. But I'll have to look them up. Um, and I finally got an email saying, yes, here's your book proposal offer. Here's your you know, um, publication offer from Hardy Grant. And that was amazing and very exciting and also very terrifying. And it was early 2020, it must have been, right as the pandemic was hitting. So if I was lucky enough to be able to get in um, – I went to a eco retreat at the outside of Melbourne and booked myself in for I think it was five or seven days of writing and um, got it took me about two months to get chapter one out. I kept Abigail on as my coach and I would send her chapter for chapter and then I would send it chap- the first few chapters to Hardy Grant to see whether it was the style. So lots of feedback along the way. But I just thought it would be interesting to share that story about how that came about because I think a lot of people can see the How to Start a Side Hustle book and the, you know, success of the companies and things. And it actually came at a time where I was ready to give up on it and I was ready to, you know, I was, you know, thought it had kind of run its course. And so by the time that I was ready to write the book or asked to write the book, I knew the content inside out. I knew it really well. And I had been in front of literally thousands of people over the last two years delivering this content with people who would line up to speak to me after the events and ask questions, which would, for me, be like, okay, well, somebody asked these questions at that event. How do I work it into the next event or, you know, make sure that I've got it on my slides or cover that off? So I had known the audience so well and so connected. And I just think that's anyone out there who's trying to push an idea or, you know, be an expert on something, just keep showing up, keep being it. You never know who's going to see it, who's going to come across it. And when the timing is right, the perfect door will open. And I think that had I not done those two years of, you know, uh, how to start a side hustle talks, the book writing process would have been much harder, I feel. So being able to practice it now and, you know, be the expert, start a podcast, do your Instagram account, you know, write a blog, ask to speak for free somewhere, write for somebody else's blog. But if you have an idea or you want to be a known expert on something, you know, carve out that niche and rinse and repeat it over and over again until the whole world knows that you're the expert on that topic. And it helps you to get better and it helps more opportunities to come from that because you become known for that. And I think sometimes we do it once and we go, okay, now everyone knows I'm an expert on that instead of doing it over and over again. 
Um, and so, and because it is such a busy marketplace and the world is so saturated, so sometimes people need to see it and hear it multiple times. Okay, let's dive into the actual content of how to start a side hustle. Um, this is also an audio book. I didn't read it. It was in the middle of COVID and I definitely didn't have a peppy voice to be able to execute that. So somebody else read it. So this is the closest thing you're going to get to me reading my book, which I regret not doing, but here we are. Okay. So how to start a side hustle, obviously, um, is for people who want to start a side hustle. (laughs) So I'm going to go through the chapters and give some little tips and hints and kind of give you my version of where to start with it. Okay, chapter one, now is a perfect time to start your side hustle. This chapter took me a month to read, to write, and it's probably 2,000 words. Um, but it was really important for me to set the tone as to why I started Startup Creative and why it was a side hustle for me and why I feel so passionate about so many people starting their side hustles. And something that I did in this chapter was to review um, Google Scholar articles which is a very dangerous but exciting rabbit hole and for those who like to study and research uh, and would, I don't I even remember how I started, but I really enjoyed the process and it actually gave me a lot of tools and resources of how I produce a lot of my content now of going and finding the research around human behavior. Anyway, I landed on this Harvard Business Review that showed, and I'm going to read you from the book here. Um A Harvard Business Review concluded that being forced to leave autonomous self-created lives to work mundane jobs under constant supervision for minimal wages led to a clear decline in the physical and mental well-being of the population. And that was in 2018. And I really wanted to highlight how important it is to do what you love and to find autonomy and passion and purpose in what you do because uh, it adds to your, it impacts on your mental health and I think most people who are starting side hustles are doing that because they have a desire to to regain autonomy over their life over their careers to you know earn more money when a boss won't give you a raise or you know be creative and and run your own schedule and there is a lot of research to show that when we just get up and we follow what is being told of us and just, you know, get on the production line of the Industrial Revolution, then we become unhappy and it does impact us. And without a challenge and autonomy and creative ways of working and using your brain, it can really be detrimental to your health. So I'm a this isn't just a start a side hustle because we want to join, you know, be the next meta or whatever. This is like, do what you love because life is too short. Also a fun fact here, I've never actually read my book. I sat down to read it after I received a copy of it and I couldn't get through it. It was I was too anxious that I would find mistakes or things that I didn't, I wanted to change. And so this is the first time that I've actually been able to go through it and um, read it. So I'm also like reminding myself what I wrote. Don't worry, it had like three editors. So it's um it's good content. I just can't bring myself to read it word for word, but I hear it's good. Okay, chapter two, how to find your passion and make it a business. Um, in this chapter, the quote that I've used is, if we try to think of a good idea, we wouldn't have been able to think of a good idea. You just have to find the solution to a problem in your own life. 
Brian Chesky, who I believe is one of the co-founders of Airbnb. And I love this is because of people, a lot of people come and say, you know, I have this idea for a business and I really want to start it. And they haven't actually thought about whether it's a need, a problem that needs to be solved or whether there's an audience who actually want to buy it. But in this particular chapter, I touch on finding a business that you love to do because I think the alternative to, you know, just starting a business that you really want to do and just, you know, whether somebody needs it or not, there is um, evidence to show that a founder who actually is doing something that they love and that they're passionate about is more likely to stick at it and more likely to have success. So a passion that you have, obviously we're going to jump into the salute, finding making sure it's a problem or a need, that there's an audience there for it. But finding something that you love to do means that you will get up every day and and have extra motivation rather than someone who's, you know, just doing it to sell it on eBay, right? Because it's going to get hard and having a deep desire or why to why you're doing this is going to be really important. Um, in saying that it's, there are those people who, you know, just set up the click funnels and see an opportunity and put things on eBay and, you know, make crappy merchandise or whatever. Um, but that might be their why. Their why might just be like shipping, seeing opportunities, you know, making the merch, selling it and, you know, making the money, you know, like that fast process might be their why, right? But some of us go, you know, I want to make art, you know, and or I want to work with a handful of amazing people. But moral of this chapter is that also <laughs> just completely um, making my book irrelevant. No, I'm not because there's an activity in this um, chapter uh, that has questions in there to help you find what you might be good at, what you're passionate about, what this part of my journey was when I was in a nine to five and I wanted to start my side hustle, start up creative. I remember reading this book, Think and Grow Rich, and I was sitting on the train to my nine to five and I said to myself, and I read this quote, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. And that was a real kick in the guts for me to think about what I was going to do about my life. I was unhappy. I was burnt out. I was commuting really long hours. I wasn't inspired by my work. And I had to do something about it. I realized that I was, no one was coming to save me. And it was when I sat on the train and started thinking, well, what do I have? And thinking Grow Rich was talking a lot about it. And at the time was reading a lot of, you know, Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins and Mel Robbins and figuring out what, and, you know, listening to the, the story that like, if you've got a dream and an idea, then you can make it a reality. And so I started to ask myself, what was I good at? And so that's the activity um, that is in chapter two. So jump into that and it's all about getting to the bottom because a lot of us can also be like, well, I don't know what idea to start with or I've got lots of ideas. So that will help you there. Okay, chapter three is setting yourself up for success. I remember figuring out where to put this chapter and how hard it was to you know, decide on when it fit because it's like you start to come up with your idea and then you're like, now what do I do with it? 
But I thought it was really important to include this chapter about when, where, how you're going to work on your idea. And I think this is a step that people often miss. They go, okay, I've got an idea for a side hustle. I'm going to start it. And then they don't actually get into, don't figure out the logistics that if you're going to start a side hustle, then something in your life has to change in order to make room and time for it. Unless you've been fired or you have been made redundant or you're on maternity leave or, you know, which is what I see a lot of in my coaching clients, people who've, you know, got one day a week or whatever. And all of a sudden there's room to be like, oh, maybe I should get that side hustle started. So this chapter is all about setting yourself up for success, about, you know, carving out the time to work on your side hustle, asking for support, whether it's from partners or friends or colleagues, bosses sometimes, um, and really connecting with your why and carving out the time and the space. And there's some activities in there um, that will help you with blocking time management and things like that. And a Mel Robbins quote, which says, start before you're ready, don't prepare, begin. And I think side hustle ideas can sit on the shelf or sit in the back of your mind and take up a lot of space for a really long long time. Um, So that chapter was really about, well, if you're serious about this, then, you know, start mapping out what you're going to do about it and when. Okay, chapter four, refining your idea. I think this is the furthest I've got into my own book. (laughs) In this chapter, we talk about the well-known elevator pitch. How do you define your startup side hustle idea in one sentence? If you haven't heard it, the elevator pitches, you know, the if you're stuck in an elevator with an investor or someone who can help you with your business, can you get what you're doing out in about three seconds so that they understand what you do and can say, yeah, I can help or I know someone who can help. And it's a well-known term, so it's kind of easy to just use it, right? But I remember this so clearly when I was starting Startup Creative. I was on the Gold Coast. It was 10 years ago. You know, I literally would wear like these pencil skirts. Anyone who's seen a photo of me that I... (laughs) Definitely don't wear skirts of late, although I might bring them back, Um, you know, with straightened or, you know, curled hair and like really trying to play the like I'm a professional vibe because I felt young. I felt like an imposter. So I would try and act businessy, which is funny because it ended up being the thing that I didn't, that I moved away from that actually made Startup Creative its own niche and gave it, that's where it really started to get legs because I was doing what I loved, not trying to play the startup game. But anyway, I remember being in networking events and it was pretty savage and there would be mostly men being like, oh yeah, what do you do? Like literally, like I I imagine the energy of the room now when I think back to it and it's like just kind of sharks being like, like darting around the room. Um, and they would be like, what do you do? Cool. And then like they would either listen to see whether they could get something from it or whether, you know, they could wanted to be a part of it. Anyway, I remember the really fumbling over my what, my elevator pitch and being able to be like, yeah, I help people start their own businesses or I run Startup Creative, educate and inspire and grow creative entrepreneurs or you go to a source for straight up business advice. Like they're some of mine. Um And I would just watch people's eyes glaze over because I couldn't get those sentences out. And, 
you know, I think I've also been on the receiving end of elevator pitches, both good and bad. And I love helping people. I love connecting people. I love, you know, obviously coaching people. And so when somebody is says to me, oh, what do you do? And they're like, bang. And when I ask them what they do and they can give me that elevator pitch or that really clear sentence of I'm an artist or I'm an author or I run this company, my brain naturally goes into who do I know who needs to hear about them? How can I help them? You know, maybe I'll refer them down the track. You know, I'll keep it in the back of my mind for anyone that I come across. Maybe I have an idea for elevating their business. Um, and that can be in a pub sometimes on a weekend. So I do really recommend getting that, refining that idea down. And it's okay to really take your time in that process. There's obviously an activity in that chapter to help you do that um, and help you to just like really nail what it is. There's also market research in there and a competitor analysis activity. So it has a bit of a spreadsheet as to once you kind of refine your idea, again, who else is out there? What are you going to do differently? Okay, now we're into chapter five, understanding your audience. Obviously, without an audience, you don't have a business, you just have a great idea. This chapter, I could just give away. It's so important and I really value it in everyone that I work with as well as myself that I continue to do and it's really about going back to the drawing board over and over again and saying who is this for and are they willing and able to pay for it so there's a whole chapter on that and in activities about questions to consider about who is your target market and how is your business showing up to help serve them. So your business is either going to solve a problem or it's going to add value to their lives. So the more detail that you can spend in this chapter, I highly, highly recommend. If your business is not working, I always go back to the target market. It's my first point of call. If things slow down, if... Um, yeah, if, if I'm not hitting the mark, if I'm getting rejections or not getting, you know, like traction on content that I'm writing, I'll be like, okay, who's my target market? What do they need? How are they feeling? And uh, what, what can, how can I be of service? You know, and that creates content, that creates offerings, that creates a tone of voice, that creates ideas for workshops. Um, so yeah, making it about them. Chapter six is called On Brand and this is where you start to actually take your idea. So you've gotten your idea, you you know, what's your idea, what are you passionate about, you've refined your idea, you've set yourself up for success, who's it for, what problem are you solving and now we start to package it out and take it to your target market. So branding chapter is all about how do you then tell the story of what you're doing, what you've just established in the last few chapters and tell that through a logo, through copy, through colours, through photography, through a tone of voice, a website, uh, Instagram. What does that look like as your touch points, as your first point of call for people encountering your brand? Encountering your brand? How are they going to know who you are, what you do and what you stand for? There's also a chapter in there on coming up with your business name, which is a great tip because I get asked about that all the time. 
And then there's an activity there um, that will help you to determine your brand values. So when I talk about, you know, the colors and the tones, all of those things that you, decisions you make in your business from here on in is to how your customer is going to experience it. Um, that all comes down to building a really strong brand, brand guidelines, when to engage a graphic designer, but most importantly, the values that you're going to build your business on. So just looking at that now, there's four pages of activities on that. So then it comes to chapter seven, which is brand execution. And that is about taking your brand out to the target to your target market starting to pitch yourself what does that look like and putting yourself in front of your target market so they know what you're offering and how you can help there's also lots of great tips in there about your branding in terms of like what is it how do you go about it um how do you use it across all of your different platforms and why that's so important Okay, chapter eight, money mindset. So stoked that I got to put this chapter in. And over the years of this being out, I've heard people tell me how helpful this was. Um, and I think this is where people really get unstuck in their business is now that they have to go and pitch to get actually paying customers, all of their money shit comes up and we undercharge ourselves and we, you know, overwork or we don't charge at all. I've done all of those things. So this chapter, I really dive into how to actually just get a bit of a health check on your money uh, stories and limiting beliefs or behaviors so that you don't uh, get in your own way when you start to get out there. I'm so stoked I got to do that chapter. It was like um, I really enjoyed writing it and I, I remember Abigail giving me lots of really good feedback um, when I wrote it and she edited it and she was like, this is super helpful and I hadn't thought about some of this stuff and I think she's referenced it back to me a few times in our friendship conversations. <laughs> Um, so money mindset is firstly like your personal health check. And then there's a whole chapter on pricing, which people get really stuck on. There's activities in there. It's three or four activities that I can see. Oh yeah, there's heaps. There's like five activities on pricing. So really important. People get really stuck there. And then once you kind of figure out where you want to sit in the target in the, uh, marketplace with your pricing and how you want to offer it and all of those things, get your first paying customer. So up to chapter 10, that's all about marketing, um, getting yourself out there, pitching, you know, when to, you know, offer something for free, when to um, price something and, you know, whether it's gifting, other ways to kind of, you know, get a return on investment for what you're offering and how to kind of hold your own value in that because it's a really tricky place where people can get taken advantage of. Um <clears throat> And then we go into the business back end and building your team, chapter 11. Um, this one for me is all about the things that you can outsource. So, you know, um, who else you need. I think something I've learned over the years is that we don't have to be able to do it all. There's going to be parts of your business and your side hustle that aren't your skill sets and that will hold you back. So the sooner that you can find somebody to support you on that, um, the better. Obviously, I've had coaches over the years and mentors. I've had VAs. I've got a podcast editor, um, accountants, all of those things. So I highly recommend finding the support team that's going to help you to stay on 
on to on task and get what you need to be getting done. Okay, chapter 12 is marketing. So I go through all the different types of marketing from content marketing, what kind of touch points, what's lead generation, so breaking down, you know, a bit of marketing from a very top level um, and then some styles of marketing, email marketing, using testimonials, things like that. So there's some activities in there to help you um, brainstorm what your marketing strategy is going to be. And we're nearly at the end of the book um, and chapter 13 is Mindset and Motivation. Again, a favorite chapter that I would love to write a whole book on one day. If anyone out there is listening, please hire me to do that. Um, and I think that's a, such a – this. I had way more mindset hacks throughout the whole book, but it, they got cut because I was really devastated uh, because the word count was so far over. So I was um, had to cut all of my mindset hacks along the way, which was really hard for me because um, I know that I can give you the most practical advice, but without the mindset of limited, you know, like the limiting beliefs where we self-sabotage and we get you know, in our own heads and we you know, doubt ourselves and all of those things, then we it doesn't matter how good your plan is, you're not going to do anything about it. Anyway, so I managed to get a chapter in there. So enjoy that and stay tuned for the next book. Um, chapter 14 is goal setting. Obviously, you know, you start out and you've got to keep setting those goals and that intention and where you're going so that you stay the, the course and keep growing and scaling and it doesn't become stagnant. And then chapter 15 is scaling and beyond. So what does that look like in terms of um, reviewing how far you've come? Do you like what you've done so far? Is you Did you get your customers? You know, pretty much everything you've just done in the book can be used over and over again. So, you know, go back and you know, reassess your target market or, you know, touch base on the money mindset things or, you know, if it feels a bit sluggish, then open up the marketing chapter. Um, but the idea is that it's a little go-to guide that sits on on your side table and you can pick it up and get a little bit of inspiration for your side hustle to take steps on it. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's me and my voice. So hopefully this is a nice little companion. I've got a handful of copies left on my website, which are signed copies. Literally, I think I've got 10, maybe less than that, um, actual uh, copies that I can sign unless you come to an event somewhere. But last I also heard there was only about 100 copies left in Australia. I think they were getting more from America, but it's really lovely to see that it's all over the world. I saw the other day that it was in the Tate Museum, Modern Museum in London, which is a gr dream come true. And I have no idea how it gets there. But um, I hope this was helpful and enjoy the process. Reach out if you would like some help with business coaching. If you need some extra motivation, we've got a Just Start audio series that is available to download on our website now. And I look forward to connecting with you. Come say hi on Instagram. Let me know how you go and what you think.